Hey, bookworms! Welcome to Librarians Telling Tales, where we introduce you to all the things we love about libraries. Books, people, and making connections. I'm Jennifer. I'm Amy. I'm Blair. In today's episode, we'll chat about books that celebrate strong girls. We'll also discuss some of our favorite female authors for kids and teens. So I have to say that this is such a fun one because I find myself gravitating towards stories with strong girls. And, you know, I'm a girl, so maybe I'm just partial that way. But I do think that there's so much great stuff out there across all the different age categories. With picture books, I feel like we all know the series that have the super strong girls. But I was trying to think of things that were a little bit different. And I came up with A Quiet Girl by Peter Carnavas. And what I really love about this is that she is quiet and her family is loud. And she's quiet because she's taking time to hear things. So she's listening. And so it's a really great way of showing that sometimes being quiet is how you can really listen to the world around you. I love A Quiet Girl. So I hear what you're saying about those picture book characters that are pretty much well-known, those strong girls. But Fancy Nancy was not really a character that I read at all. And as it turned out, after I got married, I had an outdoor wedding and a patron that came with her young daughter came and said, my daughter said that Miss Amy's wedding was just like Fancy Nancy and the wedding of the century. And so I decided then that I needed to read that story. And I did. And it was so sweet and charming. And then I have like a new love for Nancy Nancy's. I like Fancy Nancy's words. She uses so many big, outrageous, fabulous words. The girls that I'm drawn to are resourceful girls. And so the picture books that I I looked at were girls who were unique in how they approached their problem. And so one of those books is called Violet the Pilot mm-hmm. by Steve Breen. I just love that Violet builds her own airplanes, but then she has the opportunity to rescue a group of Boy Scouts and she becomes this wonderful hero. But I just loved how she tinkered and created and was a resourceful girl. And then another one I liked was called Kate Who Tamed the Wind Mm -hmm. by Liz Scanlon. She's a kind girl, and she sees that her neighbor up on the hill is having a problem with the wind. And so she plants these seeds, and they become trees. And it's a beautiful story. And I think it's important to read books like that with our younger audience to show them that girls can be resourceful and kind. Mm -hmm. Yes. I did like the questionnaire picture books, which are the ones that have Ada Twist, The Scientist, Sophia Valdez, Future Prez, and Rosie Revere, Engineer. Because I like introducing the idea that there are so many different things that girls can be and do. And then she has those crossover books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go into early readers. I like girls who also solve mysteries. And I'm seeing we have a lot more girls who are solving mysteries that are detectives Mm -hmm. at a younger age, even in our beginning reader section, when the purpose of a beginning reader is just really to introduce words and to get kids excited about reading. We still have strong girl characters Mm -hmm. like Cam Jansen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And kids are very interested in that. And I love pressing those books into the hands of our beginning readers. And we have a ton of the Cam Jansons. You know, I was just thinking about that mix of girl who could be a princess, but still really resourceful and smart is our famous girl in black, princess in black. Yes. Yes. It's so fun to tell kids she's a princess by day and a superhero by night. It's a Mm -hmm. big sell. It's true. So that moves us up a little bit in age. What else do we find in the emerging and middle grade range that we love? Jacqueline Kelly has The Evolution of Calpurnia Tate, which is a really strong read on its own. But they've recently put out some earlier books of her life, like when she was a younger girl. And they're called Calpurnia Tate Girl Vet. And the first book, her brother, he's harboring two skunks in his bedroom. It's called Skunked, of course. Of course. And it's just a really charming family. But she's also the strong girl. And her mom is a strong character as well. 
a newer book that came out, which is a novel in verse, Starfish by Lisa Phipps, is really fun in the middle grade range. It is about a young girl and she's having body image issues and her family, you know, they wanted her to be healthier, but they're not necessarily doing it in ways that are actually super encouraging. And she feels pretty down about herself. And I think that having the strength is really important thing for kids to see because everybody hits those ages where we feel terrible about our bodies. I mean, no, I don't think anybody is immune to it. (laughs) And so this felt like a really good read that had the whole journey and had a sense of empowerment. That reminds me of Homecoming. It's an older series by Cynthia Voigt. It's the Dicey Tillerman Mm -hmm. cycle. But I remember reading that as a young girl, probably seventh grade, and was just taken in because it starts out with family in a station wagon in a parking lot. And their mother, who has mental illness, has abandoned them. And it's their journey to find their aunt and then ultimately their grandmother to take care of them. But I loved how strong she was at such a young age and she had to grow up so quickly. And that's a very inspiring story. So I really wanted to endorse that series. That reminds me in a small way of the Penderwicks. I read it with Book Club, I think, two years ago. And those four sisters, and their totally different personas, like how they're represented. I mean, everybody was so charmed by them, but especially little Baddie and her wings and things. <laughs> That's a fun one to recommend to kids because it has such different girls in it. And they're all strong in their own ways. I fell in love with the Serafina series by Robert Beatty. So Serafina and the Black Cloak is the first one. And I think it's so much fun about it is because this girl who's up all night and she's running in the woods and she's getting into trouble and also solving all of the issues around her all the time. Magic things happen around her. She's super spunky and I love it. I also like 13-year-old Isabel from Chains by Laurie Holtz Anderson. Have mm. you both read that one? No, I haven't read, no, I haven't read that like specific one. And forged and something yes, else. Yes, Isabel is a young African-American girl, and it's during the time of the American Revolution, and she's not sure which side she is cheering for, so to speak, the patriots or the loyalists, and she just wants the one who will give her her freedom. And right now she is in the home of a loyalist, so she's been approached by some patriots to be a spy, and she's really grappling with who she should help, who's going to help her get rid of these chains that I found her to be such a strong character in spirit and and physically to endure the things that she endured. It's a little bit more of a challenging read, but it's beautiful. Just challenging, like emotionally challenging? Yes, Uh, emotionally challenging because there's a little bit of abuse that she suffers because she is a slave mm, in the book. Okay, middle grade, strong girls, speed round, go! Clementine! Esperanza rising. Oh, yes. Inside Out and Back Again, though, I can't remember the character's name. Ramona Quimby. Oh, Judy Modi. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden. Heidi and Heidi. And then seriously, we were talking about this yesterday, but the Wolves of Willoughby Chase. Oh, yeah. And I cannot think of those girls and their names, but in those 1800s, early 1900s, they're just like go-getters. We're not going to take this. And they expose like all the badness of these evil governesses and like headmistresses. Yes, if you like Mary Lennox, then you need to upgrade yourself to Wolves of Willoughby Chase because mm-hmm. those girls are even more spunky. I was going to say Roller Girl by Victoria Jameson, Good including morning. a little bit of graphic novel in there. El Defo, C.C. Bell. Oh, yes. Yep. Allergic by Megan Lloyd. Min Lee from Where the Mountain Meets the Moon. And I just love her. I'm going to help my family and my whole village, and I'm going to go, and I'm not going to give up. Oh, help me with the girl from Front Desk by Kelly Yang. What is her name? Is it Mia? That character is so amazing. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Nisha from The Night Diary. 
She's awesome. That one's set during partition. And I feel like that's a part of world history that a lot of kids don't learn about. Oh, Parvana and the Breadwinner by Deborah Ellis. Have you not read that book? Oh, I can't even say I've ever heard of it, to be honest. The Breadwinner takes place in Afghanistan, where the Taliban are ruling. And Parvana is from a home of educated parents. But the Taliban is ruling now, and her father's been taken away. And she disguises herself as a boy to go out on the streets of Kabul and earn money to feed her family, which is a very dangerous thing Mm, that she's doing. It's a wonderful way to learn about another culture, but also about a, a girl who's very brave. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited with YA. I actually had to stop myself a little bit, (laughs) but I will say that I am kind of in love with all of the female characters that Moira Fowley Doyle writes. Spellbook of the Lost and Found was the first one that I read of hers. And it is a group of girls who find this, what they think is an abandoned diary. And when they end up looking at this diary, they realize that it's got some interesting magic stuff in it. And maybe it's more than meets the eye, which is basically how all things work in Moira Fowley Doyle lands that magical realism. But is it really magic or is it really just questions of reality. Another one that we have is All the Bad Apples. A girl goes on a hunt to find out about her missing sister and the family rumors that all of the women are cursed. And then the last one is the accident season, which I super love. These kids grow up being told by their mom that one month out of the year is just accident season. They're not supposed to use electricity. They're not supposed to drive in cars because anything and everything is out to get them. And people die during accident season. But the girls in all of those books are strong, independent. They do all happen to be Irish. But I will say that makes the audiobooks amazing. They're all very well narrated. That's another author I've never even heard of. So thank you, Blair. One of my YAs actually comes from Jennifer. So I hope I'm not stealing this one from you. But you are a huge recommender of the YA awesomeness. And so one that you recommended to me was Scarlet. Yes. And I loved, love, love that. I just cannot remember the author's name right now. I have it written down because you were right. I had on my list. (laughs) And then another one, and hopefully we'll talk about this one in more detail, but Rudis Apetis's. Oh, yes. Between Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. Lena. Mm -hmm. Lena. And that also was an amazing audiobook. I lost myself in that story. It was so powerful. And thank you for those recommendations because seriously, those were some strong characters Mm -hmm. in totally different ways and in totally different, I don't know, moments of life but just powerful powerful girls just rising up and rising above their circumstances you're welcome two things came to my mind when you were talking first of all Ruta Sapetes is just a go-to author for me and she has another book called Out of the Easy it takes place in New Orleans in the 1950s and the main character's mother works in a brothel and she's determined to get out of that environment she wants to go to college but there's a little bit of a mystery she her mother's embroiled in and it's an unusual setting so if you haven't read that one I would highly recommend it I have to read that now you, it's you, got, you had me at New Orleans I was gonna say. <laughs> Blair perked up when you said that. Oh, I just love that book. And every anytime Ruta writes a novel, I'm I'm there. I'm yeah. she's just a great author with wonderful female characters. But I wanted to say in terms of Scarlet, that's a Robin Hood mm-hmm. retelling. It's A C Gone. I think it's G A U G H N. But it made me think about stories of girls who disguise themselves as boys. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those. There are a lot. And I think those are fun stories. There was that one that is a graphic novel, and she's a newspaper delivery. Newsprint. Is, news, newsprint. Newsprint. Yes. 
I enjoyed and that. The author's last name is Xu Zhu. Mm-hmm. Well done with that mental picture. <laughs> you told you had me with the cover. I could see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's Bloody Jack, Olivia Twist, Defy by Sarah Larson. Those girls that disguise themselves as boys. I think it's a fun trope, and I really like reading that because there's usually a little bit of a romance, and I mm-hmm. love a little romance in my books. <laughs> well, I can tie into a little romance. So I did just read Me Moth by Amber McBride, and it is her debut book. And I will be quite honest here. I hope there's a whole lot more of those coming because it is hands down the best novel and verse I've ever read. It's focused on the character of Moth, and she has lost her entire family in a pretty horrific car accident. The language that is used to describe that accident is super poignant. I was bawling reading it. She meets a boy who happens to be native and have issues dealing with his family while she's having issues with her aunt, who is her guardian. And so they have an instant connection and they form a friendship, which slow burn migrates its way into romance as the novel goes on. And the language is just gorgeous. And the story is amazing. And it talks about uh, native religion and ceremony, hoodoo and grief and family and loss. But it's it's beautiful. That's on my to be read to be read list because you just said so many wonderful things about it. There's another author I have to plug in YA that I just love, and that's Sharon Cameron. Mm-hmm. I think she's hit her stride with historical fiction. And the book that I really loved is called The Light in Hidden Places. It's based on a true story about a young girl named Stefania Padraska. She's a Polish teenager. It's 1943. And she is working in a grocery store with a very prominent Jewish family and secretly betrothed to the oldest son. But because they're Jewish and now the Germans are coming into town, they have to go into hiding. And she's not Jewish. And she's very brave. And so she hides 13 Jews. It's full of intrigue, danger, and it's a true story. And in the back of the book, there's actually a picture of the couple. It's so beautifully written and intense. And again, a sweet romance as well. I have to plug then Ellerin Gardner from the Black Witch Chronicles by Laurie Forrest. Yes, I am a super fan here. And a fourth book in the series is being released. And I am so excited to read this one. But her character is sheltered by her uncle after her parents pass away. And then she is taken to university where she learns that a lot of things that she thought she knew are maybe not so true. And over the course of the story, she sort of rises up to this role. And will she be the next Black Witch? Like, I can't tell you because you have to read the books. But... (laughs) There's so much there that makes you think and like, can she access her power and how will she use it? Will it be for good? Will it be for destruction? What will she do? There's so much happening in that story. I've read the first two and I have to agree that I think the world building is very good. Definitely. Are you reading it or are you listening to it? I'm listening to it now. Okay. Do you have a preference? I definitely like it's Julia Whalen. Oh, it is Julia Whalen. Best best narrator. She's fantastic. So (laughs) When I read it by myself, I, I struggle with the names a lot. In fact, when I first heard her reading it, I thought, that's how you say that. Because in my head, I wasn't saying it correctly. They are fantasy and names. I, hopefully she gives, hopefully Lori Forrest said, this is how you say that name. And she is not just making it up on, on the fly. But like, I totally was reading them wrong the entire time. <laughs> They're yeah. like, yeah, I could go on and on about YA. I, know, I read so many <laughs> YA. And Blair and I were talking about this earlier, that we're drawn to books with strong girls, mm-hmm. hands down. I tend to put a book down if I find the character not up to my expectation in terms of resourcefulness or if she's strong, just to be likable. Mm-hmm. I, I can't handle whininess. Mm-hmm. Whininess drives me batty. I'll just put the book down. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's why Agreed. we have so many books we can talk about. 
But maybe we should talk about nonfiction. We just put up a display for these, but I love the nonfiction picture books. And we've got so many really awesome female nonfiction picture books. My favorite that I keep sharing with everybody is Sarah in the Big Wave, which is the true story of the first woman to surf Mavericks by Bonnie Swee. And I love that not only does the book address that she started surfing in a time when not a ton of women were surfing, which makes me think of Gidget. <laughs> so everybody has ever seen Gidget. If you haven't, you should go watch Gidget. It's adorable. But also, she is not afraid to put herself into perhaps mortal danger to try and conquer this natural phenomenon. So it's a really cool book. And I think that every school group that I've shared it with has really appreciated it. That speaks to like that so many kids don't really pick up those nonfiction autobiographies or biographies unless they're assigned to do so by school teachers and things. And those nonfiction picture book biographies are so powerful in that they're short and they're accessible and they're interesting. Two of my favorites, and I know I've mentioned this one before, is Who Says Women Can't Be Doctors, that story of Elizabeth Blackwell, and then What to Do About Alice, Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, and how she was sort of bucking tradition for what women were supposed to be doing during that time. And he fully supported most of it you know mm-hmm. a couple times he was like yeah maybe not but for the most part he was like yes yes you be you and be that individual and she was just I don't know a little bit ahead of her time but ah oh, they're awesome those picture book biographies yeah I just want to endorse what to do about Alice as well because Teddy Roosevelt's famously said I can either run the country or I can take care of Alice which gives you <laughs> an insight about what a handful she was but she grew up to be such a supporter of him and I think she made a lot of great contributions in her own right to our country and I love that book I shared mm-hmm. that quite a bit such a wonderful book I brought another one in with me today and I kind of stumbled across this book when we were going through some parts of the collection and it's hashtag not your princess voices of Native American women and it is a little bit of everything. So it has some personal essay, it has some poetry, it has a ton of beautiful indigenous art in it. And it is a really strong, powerful way of looking at not only a culture, but a modern version of this culture. Because so many times you're learning about native history in class, and you don't realize that native people are actual real life people in the real world today. And they have a modern culture that deserves to be understood and appreciated for a lot of reasons, including another book that I was going to bring up, which is Fatty Legs by Christy Jordan Fenton and Margaret Uliman Pokiak Fenton. That particular story is about an indigenous girl who was sent to a Canadian residential school. So one of the schools that natives were sent to as part of a mass attempt at assimilation and cultureration. When you have people whose culture has been actually intentionally attempted to be erased, being able to, in modern times, claim their culture and really push it forward, it's really fundamental level of, yes, you go, girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I love both of those books for the way that they're exposing people to those histories and to the cultures. I think one that I loved was I Am Malala, the Young Reader's Edition. I read it a couple of times because I was so impressed by this young girl, her bravery. And I also learned something about the men in that culture. Malala loved her father. He was a principal of her school. He encouraged her to get her education. He supported her. And it just changed my view. And I just really loved that book. And I think it's important that girls read it because she fought so hard for women's voice and for education for girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I read a lot of those who was's. 
but a few of them have been awesome. And one that we loved in my book club a couple years back was Who Was Anne Frank? And the way that that's handled for third and fourth graders is just perfect. It's enough of her life and what was happening in the world and how she lived before, during, and as you find out what happened after when her letters were discovered and things. That one is really powerful. And another one that we read was Who Was Amelia Earhart? And that one is done very well. It's not my favorite version of her life story, but for the audience, the intended audience, I think they did a really good job with that one. I thought the Who Was Maya Angelou one was really nice too. So one of the books that I like that's a nonfiction autobiography for teens is Bethany Hamilton's Soul Surfer and the story of her, briefly her shark attack, but really her rising above what happened and her turning to her faith for that inspiration to not see herself as different because she no longer has her left arm, really just embracing her new life. You had to pick something poignant. I I have a non-poignant one. Please. So... (laughs) I, this is really happening is written by Aaron Check and nobody will know her. She's a writer at BuzzFeed, okay? But it is a really hilarious memoir about her teenage years. And so she talks a little bit about like the ridiculous things that she writes about for BuzzFeed, including a actual real life one that she did that was like the weird places that you find spaghetti. So it's got hilarity in it, but it also deals with the fact that she had Hodgkin's leukemia when she was a teenager and a long-term relationship with a boy who was a couple years older than her. The kind of shenanigans they get into, like she's not a conventional girl, but it's got some really cute lessons in it for growing up, but it is also really just fun and quirky. I did also just pick up Blackbirds in the Sky, the story and legacy of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre by Brandy Colbert. And I'm really enjoying that one so far, too. Um, It's a heavier topic for sure, but she's very good at handling it and writing. It's really interesting. So we've chatted about a number of powerful girls and teens in books and often about the authors that wrote those books as strong female authors, Sharon Cameron, Rudis Apetis, a couple of others that crossed Andrea Betty. Oh, oh, the, we talked about her briefly, but I love Elizabeth Acevedo. She has really fun ones with The Fire on High, Poet X, Clap When You Land, all very strong and really solid girls all doing good things. Well, I have some fantasy authors, Kristen Kishore in the Graceling series. I really like that. Robin mm-hmm. Lefevers mm-hmm. and her Assassin series. Yes. Marie Retkowski's The Winner's Curse trilogy. I love political intrigue. And then recently, Adrienne Young with her Fable, the Pirate series. Love she's those. Got. Mm-hmm. Kate DiCamillo, Raina Tegelmeyer, Amy Krause Rosenthal. We were joking yesterday, Karen Katz. I mean, those board books. They're, yeah. Well, let's just throw in Sandra Boynton, too. Exactly. We got to say Sandra Boynton. Yeah. Maggie Steve Otter, love her. Most of her strong girl characters. (laughs) And I love Alana K. Arnold, too. Both her her, uh, realistic fiction and her fantasy fiction. Suzanne Collins, Katniss Everdeen. I didn't want to say that because I just, (laughs) yes, Katniss is the ultimate to me, the ultimate uh, strong girl for sure. And then we're, are we forgetting Cassandra Clare, too? And the entire Clare. Shadow Hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Hermione Granger. Hello. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hermione. We could go on and on and yes, on about there's this. There's so, huh? so many favorite female authors. We hope this episode inspires you to celebrate strong women in stories and in real life. Now we're going to hear from you, our readers and listeners. This is a fun segment where you tell us some of your favorite books. This is Reader's Rave. 
Hi, my name is Abby. I'm 13 years old. I don't have a specific favorite book, but my favorite book series is called Warriors. And I love this series because it's about cats, and I'm kind of obsessed over cats. And it's kind of like life sometimes where there's these different groups of cats and there are like battles but there are also like friendships and stuff like that it's very thrilling exciting and relatable it also seems to be a mix between most genres like romance horror mystery even ghost story and stuff like that but if you are looking for a specific book though the very first book in warriors is called into the wild and i feel like that one is probably my favorite because that just kind of like explains how everything started and it's just really fun thank you so much yeah and i also really love your podcast you guys it's really fun do you want to be a part of readers rave call us at 928-777-1490 and leave a message with your first name your age a book you love and what you love about it we can't wait to hear from you Thank you for joining us today on Librarians Telling Tales. For a full list of the books shared in this episode, check the link in our podcast bio. Don't forget to subscribe to catch our next episode in mid-April, where we'll talk about books and their movie tie-ins as we get ready for our Bad Guys book party on April 28, 2022. This podcast is supported by the Arizona State Library, Archives, and Public Records, a division of the Secretary of State with federal funds from the Institute of Museum and Library Services. We would also like to thank the City of Prescott, friends of the Prescott Public Library, and all our fabulous co-workers at the Prescott Public Library. Be sure to like and subscribe to Librarians Telling Tales. And until next time, we'll see you in the library.